to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio. This is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Welcome into Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo. He is the great Z on this special Friday Memorial Day edition of the program. When you think Memorial Day, sir, that weekend, one of my favorite weekends, the official start of summer, I do believe, even though not technically, what comes to your mind? What do you enjoy most about the Memorial Day weekend, my friend? Well, first of all, Blossom Time comes to my mind. Uh, the big uh, festival, I would say, in Chagrin Falls. There you and, go. And you get to have the parade, and you get the old guys on the little teeny cars scooting around. I love those guys. Love them. I, it looks like so much fun. Why like, can't I get one of those? I want uh, one of those. I would love it. I think of the Shriners, right? They Is are the, the, Shriners. the Shriners. Yeah, they yeah. have the little cars. Especially now that I've broadcast a few uh, AIW events from the Tadmore Shrine, which you is a Shriners to. place. I feel like that should get me entry into one of those cars. So I think of that. I think of barbecues, family, friends, ribs, and, uh, you know, Ribs, them together. that's it. Ribs. Yeah. And the yeah. Ray Hinch Bloody Mary, which is the finest Bloody Mary. He has his own mix. He won't tell anybody the recipe. It's incredible. If you're... If he was feeling very good, you know, he might drop you off one for a special occasion, a birthday, an anniversary or something like that. You might get a carafe of it, but that's it. He will not give you the recipe, but you get to have it at Memorial Day. Wow, I love the sounds of that. That sounds fantastic. It Everybody is fantastic. Loves it. What do you love? Yeah, I think you hit it. I think it's family. It's it's ribs. We'll probably spend some time up at the lake, the official start oh, of baby. summer. You hope for weather. You know, you hope some for nice weather. weather. Sometimes it's a little dicey. It looks like the end of Could our weekend be. will be better than the beginning. But you kind of hope for that a little bit. And, um, yeah, it's, it kicks it off, right? I mean, we it's yeah. like, okay, we made it. We made it through it all. We got through the winter. We got through spring. Spring largely sucked. May's been pretty good. May has been pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Um, and so you hopefully you close May out strong and then you get into June and away you go. And for us, obviously, OTAs this week, minicamp in a couple of weeks. And so uh, some real business that we have to get to here. Among the items of business on this very special show, you are going to get to meet a lot of our rookies as one of the greatest interviewers in all of the business. The great Z going to go one-on-one -on -one with a lot of these guys, including this conversation right now with our first pick, our top draft pick cornerback mj emerson let's have a listen All right, let's go back a couple weeks ago the miz wwe superstar goes out there ranting and raving as only he can and then he announces your name now you know it's coming you got the call before that what was that moment like for you uh, it was a great moment in my in my mind i was just like man i'm ready to get to work honestly i'm ready i'm happy to play football again you know and just get me get to meet everybody and just get to work by the way, the Miz told me he's got that card for you. He wants to give it to you when, next time he sees you. Oh, yeah, I love so, to have it. <laughs> yeah, he, and you will, you will have it. So you said you wanted to get to work. The good news is the draft's a couple of weeks ago. Rookie minicamp has happened. You've gotten to come in here and get to work. What's that been like for you? It's been fun, you know, just learning little techniques, you know, that, that can help me elevate my game, you know, to another level. Learning the system, being around, you know, professional guys, and just, you know, learning how to be a pro. When you look at your college tape, and one of the things that stands out, and you were asked us a lot after the draft, why didn't they throw the ball at you? And they were saying it kind of like, I thought sometimes, like, it was a bad thing. That's a good thing. That means your guy's not open. They're going elsewhere. That's respect, right? Yes, sir. What's it like playing at a time when 13% of the team's passes going against your defense and go in your direction? 87% of the time, they're not. How do you kind of keep that mentality to stay sharp, stay fresh, to make sure that they keep that ball going the other way? Uh, man, it was hard, but we got to say, you know, what we had to say in the Mississippi State was just play the next play. So, you know, no, no matter what happened to play before, you know, just play the next play. So I'll just line up and be like, man, this might be the play that come at me, so I got to be ready. So that's how I looked at it, really. 
do you like the fact that now coming into this league, like, you know you're going to get tested. And when you believe in yourself, you're like, bring it on, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm excited about that, you know, because I'm like, okay, this is the NFL. Of course they're going to test me, so I'm excited about that. When you kind of got here and you got to meet your coaches, and you got to meet Jeff Howard and Brandon Lynch, we'll start with Coach Howard, one of my favorite guys here. What's kind of your impression been of him? And I, I think he's got like a little bit of a gangster vibe to him, a, little, a tough guy. I like Coach Howard. What do you like? What do you think about him so far? Man, I like Coach Howard. I feel like he's you no know, real down to earth. He kind of, you know, just just smooth guy. Yeah, smooth guy. Yeah. You'll see he's got some good swag when he starts dressing up. He's got he's he can dress on the sidelines. He'll bring okay. some game day stuff. And then on the other side, you have the nicest human being on the planet, Brandon Lynch. I agree. Right? I mean, literally the nice. Never had a bad day. I've never seen him not smiling. So you kind of have those two together. How does that work for you? I hope it worked good, you know. <laughs> you know, got the best of both worlds. I mean, just having two coaches, you know, I mean, two better than one. So I like both of their personalities. You know, they're different, but, you know, yeah. we all we working together for the same goal. You mentioned the techniques, and I know Brandon Lynch is a master of the techniques, and you guys are going through those drills over and over and over again. Would people be surprised at how different, different DB coaches and different systems are about just the littlest, teeniest fundamentals, where your hips are, the angle of your hip with your feet, things like that, coming here now to the Browns from Mississippi State? Uh, I mean, you know, everybody coach different, so yeah, yeah, it's different everywhere, but yeah, it's it's a big difference. Yeah, is like, it a lot different it, than yeah. what you were doing before? Yeah, it's a big difference for yeah. the most part. I mean, yeah, it was. It is a big difference. Just little things, you know, that can help you, you know, be in a better position, though. But it'll help, you know. Do you like playing man? Do you like playing zone? Or do you like playing whatever it's called? Situations, really. Yeah. You know, it's depending on down and distance, all that. But yeah. I like playing man, you know, and just, you know, going one-on-one and trying to eliminate a receiver, you know. You're going to have an opportunity, obviously, in our division. There are a lot of very, very good receivers. In this league, there are a lot of good receivers. Is there somebody that you've been wanting to go against? So maybe you went to in college, you want to go against them again? Or is there anybody that you kind of are excited about that's maybe on our schedule to go against? I mean, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I thought about playing Tyreek Hill, the Miami Dolphins. That's right. November the 13th, you'll get an opportunity to tell kill a lot of speed. You've got a lot of speed, a lot of length as well as one of the things the Browns I know liked about you. How does that benefit you as a cornerback to be as tall as you are, as long as you are, and have that speed? Um, you know, being able to run, but, you know, cornerback is really about technique. So you don't have any technique. You can be a 4-2 guy, but, you know, you know how to put yourself in position there. You know, you're going to get ran by. So, But just, you know, being able to, you know, slow guys down, you know, at the, at the beginning, you know, at the release. So. Yeah, that helped me a lot, you know. And then also my length, like it's the window is kind of shorter, you know. It's kind of some plays I can make with my long arms. Yeah, get it in there and get those PBUs, which I know you did at Mississippi State. When you think about, you know, how you played corner at Mississippi State versus now what you're being taught here, and one of the things when I was going, you know, and talking to Coach Howard, talking to Coach Lynch, and just trying to understand DB play more so I could do my job better, right? I don't know if people realize how much goes into it. Not just physically, right? You've got to be able to run and chase after some of the best athletes in the world. But based on if there's a pre-snap motion, if number one now becomes number two, how the responsibility change, if they bunch up, if they stack, all of those little checks and adjustments. Is it kind of wild when people watching at home maybe have no idea how many different things have to go through pre-snap for you and then as the motions start, changing the coverages on the fly so that you guys can do your job and, and maintain the soundness of what you're trying to do defensively? Yeah, man, you know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot behind the game of football, you know, yeah. that some outsiders might not get. But, man, yeah, it's a lot. So just learning the technique, you know, playbook. But, you know, when you learn everything, it's kind of like second nature. So yeah. that's why you got to get in that playbook, you know, and just react so you can play fast. Like when you know everything, you know, you just react and play fast. 
are a lot of these concepts similar to when I was talking with Greg Newsom, for example, who drafted out of Northwestern. They did a lot of similar things there. Are a lot of these things familiar, maybe called different things here, but similar to what you did at Mississippi State to kind of help accelerate that process? Yeah, a lot of things are similar. You know, football is football. So, sure. But it might be just, it's similar, but it might have a little difference. Like, I might have, have might have to have my eyes on this guy instead of this guy. So, just, you know, just learning my progressions and getting used to it. That's probably like, you know, the biggest thing I need to work on. So have you got a chance to talk with, you know, Denzel and Greedy and Greg and some of the guys in your room? Uh, yes, sir. I actually talked to Denzel, you know, me and him have the same agent, so he connected us. And I was just telling him, you know, I was going to come in and work. You know, I just want to learn everything I can from him. I was telling him to lead the way. Yeah. But he was telling me, nah, we both going to lead the way. So I respect that, you know. That's awesome. Yes, sir. What's, did they get, if there was like one thing that they said, like one piece of advice that they gave you? I mean, not really, you know, just come in ready to work, you know, and just and soak everything in and, and be a great listener. When did you know you were going to be a DB? My sophomore year of high school. Okay. My head coach, he made me play DB, so, yeah. I didn't want to play DB, but he made me, actually, so, but I'm happy he made me. So once you get drafted, have you guys stayed in touch? Did you say, yeah, maybe you're right about that? Well, that was actually his last year, but, like, Coach Pollard, yeah, that's his name, Coach Pollard, that's his last, it was his last year, so. When, yeah, when, after that year, he, he was gone. So he, he'd be around, like, yeah. my high school or whatnot, but I don't really have I don't have his phone number, so we don't talk to him. Gotcha. Much. Well, yeah. good job, Coach, if you're watching out there. Good job. You. Thank you, Coach Potter. I need to text you. Appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Absolutely. All right, we've got a couple of fan questions for you right now. This one comes from Sherry Ellen. I think I'm going to ask a lot of the guys this because I like it. If you had the opportunity to sit down and talk with any NFL player, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Maybe Deion Sanders, I would prime. say. Yeah, prime time. You know, he um, played my position, you know, at a high level for a long time. So I'll probably just ask him, you know, what it takes, you know, to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and that's certainly a good guy to start with. He was a guy they didn't throw out at more than 13% of him either. So you guys can talk about that as well. I want to ask you about you put on the number 23. Yes, sir. Joe Hayden was draft first-round draft pick of this organization, played a long time here. I love that guy. Great guy, great player, has been in the league for a long, long time, most recently with the Steelers. For him to kind of quote tweet that and say that that looked good on you, what did that mean to you to have a guy who was, you know, probably the most synonymous with 23 in this organization kind of give you that blessing at the same position? Uh, man, it's a blessing, you know. It's a blessing. I appreciate him for doing that. Did you know Joe at all? No, I actually don't, but I watched him. You know, I watched yeah. him when he was in college. You know, I, I knew who he was, but I didn't yeah. know him personally. But, yeah, so That's pretty I was cool. excited about that. You know, I was like somebody I watched. You know, I watched him kind of like, you know, look at yeah. as a role model. Well, I do look at it as a role model and just him, you know, just give me those blessings. It was, a, it was a great moment. All right, now I mentioned Joe Hayden. Probably most synonymous was 23. There was another guy who wore 23 here recently. Huge fan of Demarius Randall, and I know you guys are buddies. First of all, how did that come to be? Uh, well, we actually played at the same Little League organization growing up. So okay. I mean, he's older than me, but yeah, I always watched him play. You know, he was one of the best players on his team, and I was one of the best players on my team. So he just always been around him, you know, and just watching him play. He's a great player. On the field, are you a big trash talker? It just depends, really, on my opponent. You know, I like to line up and get the job done with my opponent. You know, if he's talking trash, then then you'll talk. Then I will. Yeah. Did he seem like a quieter guy? Demarius, yeah. not quiet. Was he trash talking like since he ever stepped on a field? Uh, I mean, he got that swag about him, so yeah, I bet he just he played did. with the swag. So you know, everybody played different though. Did he tell you anything about playing in Cleveland? Um, he told me about the organization. You know, he was like, I, I would love it here. You know, the people, the fans. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. What's it been like, kind of the reaction from the fans, knowing that this place is absolutely 
crazy about football and crazy about the Cleveland Browns. Man, it's just, it's just give, kind of give me flashbacks about Starkville, like Mississippi. Like that's exactly how Mississippi State fans was, like crazy, you know, die hard fans. So you know, I'm happy to be here. MJ, this has been a pleasure. Certainly looking forward to getting you out on the field, having a great season, and certainly want to welcome you to the Browns again because uh, this is gonna be a lot of fun. Congratulations on your dreams coming true, and excited to see what you can do putting on that helmet, wearing that 23, making Demarius Randall and Joe Hayden proud. Yes, sir. Thank you. Coming up next in this special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, Z goes one-on-one with new edge rusher Alex Wright. Here's a hint. You're going to like him. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back into this special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. Your business is shopping for an enterprise operating systems partner, but you don't know where to begin. Bo here for my friends at EOX Vantage. They are data scientists who are also business ops experts. Your EOX Vantage team not only builds and installs your system, they act as your ongoing tech support as well. So you're hiring a continuous improvement and support system. EOX Vantage is not tied to any singular brand of hardware or software. You're getting a truly customized purpose-built solution along with a partner that answers only to you. And EOX Vantage does not outsource all the operational expertise, proprietary solutions, and tech support come from one unified partner. That is EOX Vantage. That's what they can do for you. You can see what companies have profited and how they've profited from hiring one fully objective operating systems partner at EOXVantage.com. And now we continue our conversation with our new rookie class. Here is Z one-on-one with edge rusher Alex Wright. Alex, we've got to talk a few times, but great to see you again. And once again, welcome to the Browns. Thank you all for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So what's this been like? We've talked about you getting drafted, getting the call, dreams are coming true, it was surreal, but now here we are almost three weeks later. What's kind of those weeks once it's become a reality and now you're here to, to put in the work to be a Cleveland Brown? It's just learning how to adjust. That's all, you know, that's just part of life, just growing up, adjusting, you know, you're just in college, you know, leaving now you're on to, you know, the NFL in a new environment, new city, uh, new fans, it's just adjusting. So. And once I adjust, it's just get to work, just work, work, work. So I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to get to work. Well, we're certainly happy to have you here. You mentioned the fans, Browns fans, intense, passionate. They love this football team. They love everybody who plays for this football team. What's that? Has it been crazy, overwhelming? What's it been like with the fans? It's been, it's been a lot of positivity. There's sure. been, no, you know, there has been, you know, fans, you know, that will, you know, hit me in the DMs and be like, yeah, I just seen you. It just, it just blows my mind a little bit because it's like, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Cleveland Brown and people actually know who I am. So it's a, it's a lot of positivity and it's a lot of love to be received from fans and I wouldn't have it any other way, so. All right, let's start with your journey to get here though. So you started playing football and you're like, nah, not really for me. I'm gonna be a musician, woodwind instruments. When did you decide though, yeah, I do wanna get back into football? Uh, I remember when they won the state championship and I wish I was on the team, but I couldn't be a part of the team. So it's like, I wanted to win a ring too. So, you know, just to, and then just, just to go along with that and then, you know, the vibes of, you know, actually being out there on the field instead of, you know, having to play music onto the field. You know, sure. I just wanted to hear from every, everything else, every audio environment just surrounding just the stadium. So, you know, just being able to say, yeah, I put in the work, you know, to be a football player at Elba. So people started to recognize me playing football. So it was like, I could get used to this. And then that's when I started to fall in love with the game, like all over again. So. so what year in high school was that when you when you made the decision, yeah, I'm going to go play football? My sophomore year. Sophomore year. So junior year was your first season. 
Oh, no, it was like uh, going into my sophomore Going into your sophomore Going into my sophomore year. So, in reality, you have not played a ton of football in your life, and yet here you are, what, six seasons? Six. Six, six seasons. Six and so, seasons. do you feel like you're just kind of scratching the surface of what you're capable of? I feel like that's, that's, the, be that's the best way you can put it, you know, because to me, I don't really take, you know, I don't really think of criticism as criticism. I think it's as fuel. Yeah. So that's that's what I think of, you know, when I say scratching the surface, I have a lot of ceiling. There's there's no ceiling to getting better. So I will use that as my advantage to get better and I would love to get better. And that's the reason, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm here to get better and attribute to the team. Now the doctor said you you stopped growing because you go to college. How big are you when you go into college? I was six four, two twenty five. Which is big, by the way. And how big are you now? Six I mean I mean, NFL skills are different, so you know. Well, yes, but we're talking. I, I say, I say, I'm six six two seven. Okay. Two seven. That's that's what I say. Right. So, what in three years are you gonna be like six eight three ten? I hope I don't grow no more. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> You're I, good. I, I'm good at this height. Okay. I, I'm good at this height, but you know, weight wise, I can still grow a little bit. I can still maintain. I can still lose. So you know, just whatever you know fits me best. So. What's it been like getting here and you, you come into this facility and, you know, you get to be with the strength coaches and there's a whole team, just as there is in college, but a whole team dedicated to getting the most out of your body and getting you in the best possible condition. What's kind of that initial experience been like with our strength team? This, it's, been, it's been a great experience because I, wouldn't, I would, would love for those to, you know, already, I would love for them to actually, you know, help me out. Yeah. So, and I've been asking questions. I ask, how can I do this? How can I do that? And it's the fact that they can come up with answers just like that. And it's like... Wow, like, so it's just been, it's been a fun experience just, you know, asking them what they think, you know, thinking about what I can do myself, not only, you know, just asking them, but, you know, for them to, you know, be in this field, they're in this field for a reason. So they know exactly what they're talking about. So I would take everything I can, you know, just to, just to help myself get better. And I know they're helping me, but it's on me also to help myself, so. And it's, it, it's now this is your job. And one of the questions we have from our fans is, you know, what is the biggest difference from you being a pro versus a college player that's from Jason K? College. Uh, college, college, college. I say classes. Yeah. Classes. Because I was so used to, you know, how, how it was set up. We would have practice, you know, go to class in the morning, lunch, practice, then we're right back to, you know, studying. Sure. Uh, there was like, you know, there wasn't as much football except with exception of film. I mean, film study, but you had classes, you had tests, you had work, you had study hall. There was just so much different. Now it's like when I get home from practice, it's like I have so much free time, so much free time. So that's one thing that taught me, you know, just just handling my time management a little bit more because I had so much to do in college. Now I don't have as much to do with the exception of football, but, you know, watch film, you know, and do extra work. So I just say just the time management, just the biggest difference. Yeah. And now your class, right, is learning the playbook and studying the film and all that. So I know that that's what you're doing with the majority of your free time. But what do you like to do for fun in your free time when you are not in the playbook and, and studying film? I like, I like video games. What's your favorite game? Uh, 2K. 2K? 2K. NBA 2K. Okay. Right now, it's kind of, it's kind of a race because, you know, Warzone, Call of Duty. I'm, a, I'm more of a, a Call of Duty type of player. So, okay. like, I play Call of Duty, I play Madden, I play 2K, UFC, WWE. I'm more of like, I'm sports with this. The WWE game. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad it's back. It's a good game. Yeah, I, I, I was seeing videos and stuff like on TikTok and it's like, yeah, I might have to end up getting that game again. Cause it's pretty I, good. I was, big, I was big on WWE when I was small. So like, okay. you know, just SmackDown versus Raw, 
WWE 12, WWE 2K12, stuff like that. And then I took like a little break from it. And then when I started seeing the gameplay, I was like, I gotta get this game. Big wrestling fan, I liked it. But now do you know that there was back in the day, a wrestler in WCW named Alex Wright? Yes, yes, I do, I do. That's Did you ever do the dance? That can be your sack no, dance? No, 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 okay, no, right. no. That's, that's, that's one thing I would see, I seen people, you know, I seen people would tag me in when I got drafted. <laughs> And I would look him up because I was interested also. So it was yeah. like when I seen him, it was like, yeah, he was in WCW. Yeah. He was, you know, he was wrestling I'm like Alex Wright. But, you know, that was even before. I remember the times before uh, where I were even, you know, just being, you know, high school, just look myself up, you know, and he would yeah. pop up. So I was like, who is this dude? So other than that, it was just, it was just like, wow. Like, okay, okay, well, there's two, there's two people out there. There's two people now out there with Alex Wright. Just think, just think about it. Just one time, because there are a lot of people who know that Alex, right? Just one time, one sack, and you just get up and you do some of this. People lose their mind. Oh, they will. They will. And I'm just all, think about it. I'm, all, I'm already knowing. I already know. I I don't I don't know if, if I might think it would like, be hilarious when I when I when I do sack quarterbacks. It's like I don't really even think about a celebration. Okay. I would tell I would tell people I have a celebration, but it would never come out. So it's like when I get a sack, I gotta I gotta refresh my mind. As soon as soon as I get up, I gotta hit I gotta hit the dance. Well, I know you've already talked to Miles, so maybe you're all about the business. Maybe we'll get Miles to do the Alex Wright dance for you if you get there for your first one. I, mean, I think it'll be a special moment. It might, it might be. It might be. I gotta ask him to see if he do it first. <laughs> so we go, we gonna see. I know you've already talked to him. Yeah. What's I, that like getting known? You're hey, I'm coming right in the league, and I'm gonna get to play with one of the best in the game. It was just, you know, that's just a moment for me, you know, to take in because I've been watching Miles since he was in college. So, and that's somebody I try to model my game after. And it's going to be an even better experience for me, you know, not to watch him, you know, online, but, you know, but watch him in person. And, you know, I can have the access, you know, to ask him questions, you know, ask him, how do you do this? What's your approach to this? What do you do in case this happens and stuff like that? Just, you know, just picking his brain Absolutely. a lot, a lot more than usual. So, yeah, it's just just I'm, I'm I can't wait for that experience. You know, I already talked to him a little bit, just just with simple stuff off the field, you know, like getting in touch with a dietitian, you know, getting tips and whatnot. So just, just, that's just the start of it all right there. We are excited to have you here. This has been a blast. Can't wait to see you out there on the field and maybe we'll see a little bit, a little bit <laughs> of dancing. From the Cleveland Browns, Alex Wright. On the other side of this quick timeout, Z goes one-on-one with a guy I absolutely loved in the draft, but not quite as much as Kevin Stefanski. Receiver David Bell, you'll listen to a special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily right here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. If a car, truck, or motorcycle accident caused you injury, call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. As we continue on this special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, here's Z one-on-one with rookie receiver David Bell. First of all, congratulations are in order on your graduation from college. I know you got to do that over the weekend. Mm -hmm. What did you major in? Uh, I majored in financial counseling and planning. Okay. All right. So you're ahead of the game. You're going to have seminars, right, where they get you guys ready for that? Are you going to go up there and teach those for Brew? Uh, no, nah, I'm going to let Brew do his job, and he can teach us, and you know, I'm going to just continue to learn. Why was it important to you to graduate? It was definitely important. You know, I think it's only been a, a select hand few of my family uh, to accomplish college graduation, so I just wanted to be added to that list. And it's not a, just a good sign for me, but it, it gives a, a light in the community that, you know, we can go to college and we can graduate and be successful. I know when we had talked last time that, you know, one of the reasons you had chosen Purdue was to stay close to your grandma. Yes. 
what was that day like your graduation for your grandma? I saw the pictures, everybody together. Yeah, yeah I think she was more excited about the graduation than me actually getting drafted. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, it definitely was uh, good. I had I haven't seen my grandma uh, on my father's side from Detroit in about four or five years, and she had the opportunity to come up. So just being around them uh, at a at a very uh, memorable moment was definitely uh, good, and I definitely blessed for the opportunity. Was it kind of cool, too, to be able to have that time with your family? You get drafted, right? A couple weeks go by. You get to have rookie minicamp. You had the two days, the Friday and the Saturday, and then you get to go do your graduation. So it wasn't like, oh, you just got drafted. They could, you could actually talk about, hey, I've actually done this, put the helmet on and all of that. Was that kind of cool to be able to have a little bit of activity in between? Yeah, it definitely was cool, you know, getting, you know, kind of uh, not shipped off, but, you know, taking off and go, coming here to Cleveland and then being able to go back and celebrate graduation was definitely a cool experience. What were those first couple of days of minicamp like? And I know you're a guy who loves to play the game. So to actually get there, well, it wasn't full-on football, but you did get to put the helmet on and, and run some routes. Uh, it was good to be back out there, you know, being able to go out, uh, mingle with some of our teammates, be able to learn some of them and understand their background and stuff like that, and just having the opportunity to work. You know, that was just a good, a good thing for me, being able to get back on the field and get my feet back under me. And when we talked on Friday, you said, look, I know that I'm going to be playing more inside here than I did in college. How am I going to learn that? How am I going to adjust it? That's what you're curious to see. After a couple of days, how would you say you did? I think I did. I think I did okay. You know, it's not up to my standard yet. There's definitely room for improvement. Uh, just still got to get into the playbook and make sure that I know everything. You know, whether it's inside, outside, what everyone does. Because I just want to be able to, you know, be used in a lot of phases so they can just throw me in and I'll be able to know what to do. We talked about Coach O'Shea, and you guys said initially you liked him right out of the gate. Now you got to go watch some tape with them, break down what you did, kind of what's that, how's that relationship evolving and what did you take away from his kind of thoughts on your rookie minicamp performance? Uh, it was definitely evolving, you know, each and every day, uh, each and every day in the receiver room with not just myself, but all the other receivers, all the, all the other receivers in my rookie class. Uh, we can tell he's a genuine guy, you know, being able to sit down and ask some questions and, you know, he shoots us straight and make sure that we're, you know, on our P's and Q's and, uh, just watching film, he just give me a few pointers here and there so he, so I can be the, the best football player that I can be. All right, I want you to hold your hand up for the camera because I feel like I have pretty big hands. You have huge hands. How, what's, it, did you get measured at the combine? Yeah, I got measured. I thought they were going to be a little bit bigger, but I think it was like nine and three-fourths. So. Okay, I was going to say ten. Felt like ten there. Yeah, that's, uh, very strong hands, by the way. And I sh I'm sure I'm not the first person who's told you. You have a very powerful handshake, a very powerful grip. Is that something people have told you for? They have. Have you broken any hands? No, I haven't. No. But my grandma taught me that it's how to. You gotta be. You gotta be firm. Yeah. Because when I used to shake her hand, she'd be like, "Why are you shake my hand so soft? You know, man's supposed to." And ever since then, like, it's just been. Yeah. There's no mistaking it. There's no mistake. Shake, shake. So yeah, she she taught me, you know, some good things. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I would say in my time here with the Browns, I'm putting you second in terms of the most firm handshake behind only Kevin Zeitler, who was a guard, very good player, very big guy, very strong guy, rarefied error. You're like the second person where I'm like, okay, I'll be maybe a little tentative when I'm going in there. And I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to shake hands, but it's a strong grip. Does that help you? I mean, clearly a very strong hand. Does that help you catch the yeah, football? Yeah, it definitely does. Being able to uh, make contested catches, you know, when people grab it on you and just have those strong hand muscles definitely is a benefit in today's game. All right, we got a fan question from Zach asks, what current or former NFL receiver did you emulate? Did you want to model your game after? Or just somebody that you enjoyed watching because you enjoyed the way they played the game? Uh, it's a handful. Uh, off the top, I'd say Allen Robinson. I was a big Allen Robinson guy. Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper. Uh, I've been watching uh, a lot of Keenan Allen, too. I've been watching him for a few years, so I'd probably have to say those people. I'm going to throw a name at you. 
This is, uh, you remind, just from talking to you, you remind me of this guy a little bit, and I think your game reminds me of him, just because you're both really good. Anquan Bolden. Has anybody ever given you any Anquan Bolden comparisons before? Yeah, yeah. So I met with a, a GM of a team, and that's who he compared me to. So Really? That's a great comparison. I know who he is. Yeah. 49ers, Ravens, guys, all that. Yeah, he's a Cardinals. beast. <laughs> yeah, Cardinals. Very, yeah, yeah, very, very good player. Yeah, he was a good player. So, I mean, if my career does pan out like his, when did you develop that mentality, the ability to just be like, I'm going to catch the ball no matter what the situation is and trust yourself to be able to protect yourself and make the catch? I think the fearlessness came from literally, because I was always a running back. I didn't play receiver until my freshman year in high school. So, of course, you got to run between the tackles and all that. So, it was just like hit the hole and then take the hit. And getting hit from a defensive lineman is way different from getting hit from us safety or a corner so it's less of an impact but I, I don't really think about the fear when you're on the on the field because I think when you think of it then that's tendency of getting hurt sure. not playing as fast as you can so you just gotta go out there fearless and just make sure you know your assignment and just give 100 percent yeah I mean you had a lot of great catches in college that were very much in contested situations you also had a lot where you got pretty darn wide open and that's one of the things the coaches like about you and what speaking of I mean it's all now it's going viral right Kevin's fans we got to get this guy how much he believes in you I'm sure that makes you feel good. I know it makes you probably want to prove him right. Definitely. Uh, you know, with that, that much uh, trust he has in me, you know, I just want to come in every day, work, make sure I put my best foot forward and just <clears throat> do my job uh, at a consistently high level. You know, I'm still trying to learn the playbook and not only learn the playbook, but learn my way around the building, learn, uh, learn people's names and put the names of faces. But, you know, I think I, once I get everything down pat, uh, I think I can, you know, prove him right, like you said, yeah. All right, this is a question from Sherry LN. She said, if you had the opportunity to sit down and talk with any NFL player, dead or alive, who would it be and why? I would have to, even though he was in our division, I have to say Ed Reed. Growing up, like, that was, it was a big Ed Reed and Troy Palomalu fan. Okay. I have to say Ed Reed, just the way that he always had that dog mindset, just on defense, the ball, the ball is his, and on special teams, you know, being able to go out there, play aggressive and stuff like that. Just to see how, you know, he did his daily routine and what made him be so successful. We're certainly excited to have you here and hope to see you reach that full potential. I love you putting the work and I, great talk to you. And listen, I thought you wanted to be here the whole time. See, he's smiling just like that. On the other side of this quick timeout, the one you've probably all been waiting for. Z, one-on-one with Perry and Winfrey. He stole your hearts at the draft. He'll steal your minds coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Tickets for all Cleveland Browns home games are now on sale. For more information, visit clevelandbrowns.com. And now on this special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, here is E one-on-one with Perry and Winfrey. Perry on, we got to talk your draft night. What you did that night, incredible. It's still everybody, and you said, there's no love like the love from Cleveland. You caused that, man. You caused that with that energy. It was infectious. When you go back and relive that night, what do you think about it now here a couple weeks removed? Uh, I wouldn't change a thing. I'm blessed just to be here, and I'm glad that this is the team that drafted me, and I'm grateful to have such a crazy fan base. I love everything about this organization, so. So going to Oklahoma, you've played in front of a crazy fan base, right? right? You have dealt some big games. And so when you come here and you feel this fan base now, were you surprised? Like, did you have any idea what it was going to be like coming to Cleveland? I'll always be a Sooner, but the Browns fans are way more crazier than Oklahoma fans are. It doesn't even come close. Like, 
it's crazy to think about how crazy they are about the sport of football at this, in this state. They love it. Yeah. They love it. They live for it here. The, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is here right. in Ohio yeah. because that's what Ohio exactly. is all about. And so now you get to come in here to this team, this city. You've already right. felt the love for the fans. People are already getting to the airport exactly. to get you to sign many helmets. <laughs> exactly. But a lot of, you know, we heard in the energy. And I'm like excited to sit here right. with you. I have a lot of energy too. Well, you bring it though yeah. on a whole nother level. Right now you're nice and subdued here. You hear about the business, about the work. But when you get into those places, when you get that amped, where does it come from? When is it? Have you always been like that? I mean, it's just been in me. Like, it, it's just something that's always been a part of my life. I feel like that's something that I've always tried to bring into my game. I feel like I'm not the same player when I'm out there just going through the motions. Like, I'm always one of those guys that's going to bring juice and energy and going to be on the sideline barking, losing my mind, making sure all my teammates are ready to go. Well, Kevin Stefanski would say, if you're juiceless, you're useless. Exactly. You will never be useless. Ever. On account of, right, <laughs> certainly not because I know juice. What'd you say? Uh, no pulp, all concentrated. Exactly. <laughs> 100% concentrated. 100% concentrated. And you certainly are. When you come in here, and it's one thing, right, to come in and you're, you're loud, you're fired up, and you right. want to wanna work, and you're going to push everybody to work. Right. You go from being, you know, the guy in college, right, yeah. to coming into the NFL. Now it's like, oh, I'm in a new locker room. Exactly. How do I fit in? How's that been kind of that transition right. coming here, meeting the coaches, right. meeting your teammates? I feel like I've always been a people person, so people just migrate to me easy. So I've, I've already um, built a lot of relationships with people on the team, and I just can't wait for the veterans to come in and see how we all mold in together. But I feel like I won't have a worry about me and them. I feel like all of our personalities are going to come in and, we're going to be able to bond right away because we all have the same common goal and we all dogs. So. That's, we, you, that's right. <laughs> Literally the dog pound. Did you feel like that was something that kind of, you know, I know you said it was destiny, 97, you get right. the call, you can get number 97, you felt like that was destiny. You said your mom was dog, your dad was dog, you were born a dog. Exactly. You had no choice but right. to be a dog. And now here you are right. with the dogs of the NFL. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely a blessing. I feel like this was the perfect organization for me if we're being honest like just for everything that I stand for and just like the principles that I live by and how did I how I move in my day-to-day -day life just to be able to be <laughs> a part of the dog pound is just a blessing. Well you said that the principles you live by what are the principles you live by? Uh, definitely a strong family man I show a, a ton of love to everybody that has ever shown love to me in my life kind of like you said I'm always juiced up ready to go <laughs> and just making sure that anybody around me that's trying to do good things in their life I'm making sure that I motivate them to be the best person they can be every day I like that that's good so when you're fired up you go through a game for example how right. do you kind of wind yourself down yeah. what do you like to do to wind down because yeah. you gotta you can't be here all the time you <laughs> exactly. gotta be able to come down a little right. bit I probably say I take a cold shower to be honest and I just sit in my room turn the lights off and just meditate because I, I put turn my phones off get away from everything and just focus on myself and just meditate for like probably 15 to 30 minutes and then after that I'm calm, so, yeah, ready to go. All right, so two things then. To get to start to get fired up, to start the fire up process, what do you like to listen to? And I, that was one of the songs Pat D said. What's your go-to right. pregame song to start to get you in the zone? Right, so I probably, I probably start off with a lot of rap music and then like I say like an hour before the game, I go into like R&B or like old school. Like I listen to Ray Charles or something. Okay. Just to get me like meddled out and calm. And then like right before we go out, then I'll start to listen to rap music again just to get me juiced up and amped and ready to go. Favorite artist or favorite song? Uh, I'd probably say my favorite artist right now is Lil Baby. But okay. I, won't, I don't have a favorite song. I, 
He got too many good. Too songs. many good yeah. ones. The whole catalog. Yeah, for All real. right, beautiful. And then, so when you go to do your meditation, do you is there anything that you listen to? Right. Is there a mood you try to set for that, or do you have you mastered right. it, or you just start breathing and get yeah. it all within? I usually I used to listen to like ocean stuff and stuff, but I like I I started to like more like the peace and quiet, just listening to my breathing more. So that's what I usually do. All right, and then you mentioned also the cold shower. Chase exactly. Winovich, who plays on the defensive line with you, a veteran you'll meet. That, dude, I just met him in the locker room. Like, Great guy. Yeah, he was like, you got me juiced up, bro. I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, let's do it. Dude. Well, he's a big guy. He told me about this. He loves, he likes to take a shower like normal, mm-hmm. and then at the end, he likes to turn the water cold yeah. and just like stand there in the coldness. Yeah. And he said, then all of a sudden, you hear voices in your head, and you walk out, and you're all fired up, ready to go. Real talk. Yeah. yeah, so there it is, and there's science behind that, folks. You can write that down, no <laughs> doubt about it. Yeah, write that down. <laughs> What's it been like with Coach Kiffin so far? I, I honestly have a great relationship with Coach Kiffin. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of Coach Kiffin. Uh, we came in and bonded right away. I feel like he's a great coach, and he's teaching us a lot of stuff that I can see that's going to apply to the game right away. And I just love how we practice, and I love the drills that we're doing. You can definitely tell he knows what he's doing. Yeah, take it easy on those dummies, would you? I, mean, I saw you <laughs> like, kapow, it's like flying across the field there. What was it like to get the helmet on, put right. your uniform on? And I know it's not the game uniform, right. but to put that on for the first time, was that kind of a cool moment right, for yeah, you? Yeah, just to take a brief, deep breath and just to finally realize that I'm a part of an NFL team was definitely crazy. And then just to see myself in an NFL helmet and just knowing that I'm finally a part of a team, it was crazy just to think about and to think about the type of players that I'm about to be playing against and with, so yeah. All right, I want to talk about something that was real because when we got after we we talked to you, you know, then you go and you're like, all right, let's let's watch some tape on this guy. Right. Iowa State. Yeah. That's one of the biggest hits I've ever seen. <laughs> right. When you're coming around and chasing him down from yeah. the backside, did you have any idea? Because he ducks into it, which mm-hmm. makes it even more violent. But right. did you know at the time, like, this is going to be one of those? I kind of, that's why I pushed the ref out the way a little bit, if you watch the clip, because I knew something was bad was about to happen. I'm honestly pissed off that he didn't fumble. I wish I could have hit him a little harder, but. <laughs> I don't is. think you could have hit him harder. <laughs> it is what it is, yeah. I, All right, I so it. you hit him right there. Right. What, was your, what were your teammates saying, like? Because that was one where that's yeah, everybody yeah. on the football field kind of like, no, they were losing their mind. Like, <laughs> I've never seen, like, some of my teammates on the sideline, like, it's funny looking at their reactions. Like, the quietest people on my team were going crazy, squirting water bottles, coaches losing their mind. I, it was crazy. All right, to be as juiced up as you are and have this energy, it requires right. fuel. Yeah. What would be your favorite meal? If you could say, this is what I want right now. It's Perry and Winfrey Day. This is the meal that's being served. I'd probably say chicken and, chicken and shrimp alfredo. Chicken and shrimp. You did. You're a big Alfredo guy. Yeah, big yeah. pasta guy. What's your favorite kind of pasta? Um, like from the noodle standpoint. Right. I'd probably say... A fettuccine often goes well with an Alfredo. Yeah, I'd probably say fettuccine. To be honest with you. It they just... No noodle like you were in there earlier this week. They had the uh, the fettuccine Alfredo yeah, bar in there. Were no, you crushing that? No, <laughs> of course you were. Of course you were. All right. Last one, because it's my first opportunity to ask this question. I always like to ask the new guys this. There's a lot about you our fans already know. Right. You put it out there. Right. You got the energy. We know the mentality. We know you're going to bring passion. We know you're going to bring it on the field. Right. But what's something about you that you want the Browns fans to know that they probably don't know? Like maybe some just could be off the wall, anything, just anything about you. So when they look out there, they see 97. They're going to know all the dog stuff. They're going to know all about that. What's something you want them to think about when they see you playing? 
see me playing or just in my just daily in general, life? Anything. If you if you're around me, like you could be around me for like an hour, you're probably gonna laugh about 15 times. Like <laughs> I'm constantly cracking jokes and stuff, so you're gonna love it if you're around me for any amount of time. So are these natural jokes or do you have like a routine? Like you nah, have a stand-up see, cause routine. See, because I I don't like when people like try to force funny. I just feel like I'm naturally funny. Like I don't yep. got no. It just depends on like what I see or what I what's happening like. Just some yeah. observational comedy. Yeah, exactly. Like a new like Seinfeld or Chappelle. Yeah. All right, I like it. Well, Perion, this has been a great, great pleasure. Well, so definitely. happy to finally get an opportunity to sit down with you. I've been wanting, well, to, I've been wanting to do this since the day you were drafted. We yeah, talked sir. on the phone, man. You're about to come through the phone. I'm like, let's go, man. let's go. Well, welcome to the Browns Thank you. once again, you. and excited to see you go this year. You already know. All right. Coming up at the top of the hour, Zigo's one on one with a guy that is going to be counted on. Kicker Cade York joins the program. You listen to a special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily on. 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome into the second hour here of this special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I got a question for you. Would you be interested in transforming your bathroom into the bathroom of your dreams? It'll feel like a spa. Yes. It can happen in about a day, Dr. Z. Wow. It can happen with the Bath Authority. Let them make it a reality for you at, at a fraction of the cost of the competition. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler, expert, factory trained installers. You give them a call right now, you're going to get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. They can help you in a lot of ways. They can change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. You need a tub-to-shower conversion. They can do that. They have superior products, expert installers. Give them a call now, 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower model. That number, again, is 216-220-8399. Tell them Bo sent you. It's where affordability meets quality at thebathauthority.com. And now here's Z, one-on-one with our new kicker, Cade York. I'm thrilled to get to talk to you. I've talked to you on the phone. I've seen your interviews. Dude, you're cool as a cucumber. Are you always just kind of like a very steady person in everything you do? I mean, that guess that's kind of part of the gig, so. Kind yeah, of I'm sure it's useful <laughs> in your line of work, no doubt. Yep. The culture of calm. Have you heard anybody say that since you've been here? No. So that's, you, you've met Kevin Stefanski, you've met Andrew Barry, I'm sure. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've met Paul DePodesta yet, but the three of them. Pretty calm very people. Very similar. Yeah. Culture of calm. Very calm. I can see that. Have you been calm your whole life? I have my moments. Um, we all do. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that it's a mindset kind of locking in, I guess. Um, there are times that I will not be a calm person and kind of take up the room, but also when you're a kicker, you can't always do that. So right, kind of had to find the balance. 15 field goals of more than 50 yards in college. I've quoted that said to Kobe Wilder said, I didn't even know there was a kicker ever even attempted 15 50-yard field goals in college. Obviously, the faith was there. The calm was there, right? Your coach believed in you. You demonstrated in practice. You were able to go out there and do it in games. We know the big ones that you've hit the 57-yard against Florida. When did you know, I'm pretty good at this? Because it had to be, I know you're a soccer guy initially. There had to be a moment where you're like, I'm pretty, this is good. I'm pretty good at this. It would have been after the end of my sophomore season, for sure. Um, Leading up to that, it was freshman year. I had an okay season. Good sides, downsides. Um, but coming into the sophomore season, I went through a pretty strong season, had some big kicks, and was able to bounce back after bad ones. And um, those last two games, I went like seven for seven and had that big one against Florida. And kind of surreal in the moment, you don't necessarily notice it. But once you move on from that moment, you realize, okay, that's what people are going to ask me about for 
the rest of my life when they either bring up kicking or LSU. So after that, I kind of realized, okay, kind of have a shot at this being or going on to the next level, and uh, it worked out. So <laughs> yeah, here you are. Here I am. Here you are. What changed, do you think, between that freshman and sophomore year? Um, big time mental game. Um, you only grow so much physically after high school. It's like I'm still going to grow physically more and get stronger and stuff like that. Um, anybody can make a field. If you can, I've been able to kick a 60-yard field goal since I was a sophomore in high school. My leg talent necessarily hasn't grown exponentially, but what's changed is consistency, being able to do it over and over again, and then moving into college when you're kicking in front of 100-plus thousand people, your mental game has to just go to a new level and grow exponentially. Uh, you said you're competitive. Are you a person who's like competitive in everything? You're playing a board game, you want to win that, or are you competitive in your, what you would consider your area of expertise? It's gotten better as I've grown up. I know Monopoly used to get rough back when I was a kid, <laughs> and we sorry in games like that. So board games weren't very common when growing up because of stuff like that, me and my sister. But definitely competitive in most things, very competitive Same. in football, golf, um, Anything you know, in the weight room, stuff like that. I'm competitive everywhere. All right, golf. You brought it up. So I know that you want to go through your career as a kicker. You want to be the next Justin Tucker. I'm sure as a golfer, you want to be the next Al Del Greco, where you can go win all those celebrity things when your playing career is over as a golfer. So you're a 12 these days. Is that about right? Um, I haven't been playing as much as spring because of training. Sure. Usually, or last spring, I was hovering around an 85. Okay. So anywhere in that. Right, what would you say is the strength of your game? Actually, I flush my irons pretty well and my short game's pretty good. Okay. The problem of when I get either like start getting to the mid to low 80s or if I'm up in the 90s is if my driver is hitting the fairways. Okay. One of the things I thought was, was cool when you said you talked to Phil Dawson that, you know, he said you got to get used to maybe the ball not going directly down the middle of the uprights. Is that kind of part of a mentality for you of aim small, miss small, so you're always looking to get it right down the middle? Well, that comes from the idea of, when the winds get tough here later on in the year, it's you got to play to basically increase your room for error. Sure. Um, so if the wind's blowing hard right to left, some people might aim outside the uprights and just hit a ball that plays all the end. But if I hit my best ball, it's going to play dead straight. But the part about kicking is you're not always going to hit your best ball. Like in college, maybe hit my best ball like, 15 to 25 percent of the time it's not okay. it's not that often or you want it to be as often as you can but you get the thing i've always tried to do is my b-ball which is not my best ball but sure. still a good ball has got to make almost every kick i go out for yeah. so to someone that doesn't know too much about kicking they might not even notice a difference but for me especially in practice when i look at results i'm not just looking if it goes in or not I'm looking, okay, do I actually like the ball I hit? Is that going to make every kick I go out there for and stuff like that? I like so that. if I'm aiming just inside the upright, if I hit my best ball, it's going to go in. If I hit my B ball, the right to left wind might take it, but it'll still go inside the left upright. And that's what, kind of what he's talking about. You have to be okay with not putting it down the middle every time. Yeah. Well, by the way, for golf, they say it's not how good your good shots are. It's how good your bad shots are, which is what you're saying here. Mine are pretty bad in golf sometimes. So. <laughs> well, we got to improve that, and then your score is going to improve. There we go. Logan Zs, this is a good one. What's a souvenir you've kept in your football career thus far that means the most to you? I mean, I don't necessarily have too many souvenirs. Uh, my dad sent me a picture of 
my trophy from high school of making the Whataburger Super Team. And that was a big deal when that happened because I'm a big Whataburger fan. Um, oh, yeah? I don't know if there's any around here or There's not. a few Whataburgers up here. I don't and think so. It's definitely a Texas thing, so yeah. it's kind of sad that it's not up here. But I know LSU's painting up some footballs of some big kicks I had, stuff like that. But Like where's the ball from the 57-yarder? They have it still. They're going to paint it. And, For you? Yeah, and okay, make so it like a be. display ball. So that, that might be it, but yeah. I wouldn't say I have – too many souvenirs that I'd cherish like that. Last one here, and this is one that we kind of talked a little bit about as well, but when, as you line up from Robert P, as you line up for your kick, what factors are you considering as critical in assessing the success of your attempt? And you said you want it to be your A ball or your B ball, and how do you block out the noise? And I guess that would be your mental preparation. But what are you factoring in when you go out? Are you really looking at the wind? Are you really, what are the things you're trying to take so into that's account? So that's a big, that's a big pregame thing. And yes, okay. I will go out there, and if anything dramatically changes, like in the flags or sure. whatever, that's something I'm analyzing on a pretty regular basis, even if I'm just on the sideline. Um, but I'd say practice versus game is different on what I consider success. In practice, yes, you want to make the kick, but I'm also trying to hit that A ball as yeah. much as possible, which over the time has increased and gotten more consistent. But in the game, you got to be happy with the results. Because if you hit a great ball that misses, nobody cares. No, yeah, I flushed nobody that one. Nobody cares. Yeah. It's like, hitting a smoke of a drive straight into the woods. Yeah. Nobody cares. No, <laughs> nobody cares. Um, yeah. So that, and then with, when it comes to the noise and dealing with that, I've kind of, again, with the mental cadence, I've accepted this idea that pressure to privilege. Yeah. And not everybody gets to have these type of opportunities, uh, be on the Cleveland Browns and stuff like that. So honestly, when it's pretty loud, it sounds like white noise, and I kind of love it because it's easier than, like, crickets. Total so, silence, yeah. And, I mean, I played at LSU with 105,000 people, so there's not many NFL stadiums that are compete with that. And I know the Browns fans are crazy, and I'm excited about oh, that. Oh, yes. But I've, I've been through the ringer with through college, and I think I'm pretty prepared for the at least the noise part of the NFL. Cade York, we're excited to see you get out there. Approach them all the same and just boot them right down the middle. Coming up next in this special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, the Ibs Boys and Jim Donovan, the voice of the Browns, break down our 2022 schedule. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back into this special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit rumkey.com to learn more. Coming up right now, an excerpt of the best podcast available or, yes, sir? I think this time it's just and friends because there's no Zagura. It's just and friends. It's just and friends. It's From like the- Crunch Berries when they just said just the berries. Remember yeah. that? The I no do crunch, remember that. Just the berries. Or just Captain Crunch, sans berry. Sans berry. Same. Here's the Ibs boys and the incredible voice of the Browns, Jim Donovan, breaking down our 2022 schedule. Gribbs, I'll start with you. Your your first thought looking through this entire schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one that I, I think it's the best I've felt about a schedule at this time in a few years. I, I think it just kind of works out pretty normally. I like... Uh, just personally, I, I think it's one of the more front-loaded schedules in terms of home games that we've seen in a long time, and I think that that's just good for Cleveland. It's good for fans to to get to experience uh, 
what we hope is some some lovely fall weather at First Energy Stadium in the in the first couple months of the season. Uh, but on the other side of that, that means you're backloaded with road games. And this is a nine road game schedule. Uh, so the second half of the season, that's going to that's gonna determine the fate of this team. I mean, th- there's some big, big games in the second half of the season, and a lot of them are on the road, including uh, the last two games of the season, which we, you don't see all that often. So it, it, if the Browns are going to be playing uh, games in January at, at First Energy Stadium, uh, they've got to make the playoffs because they don't have any on this schedule. Jim, your thoughts as you take a look at this uh, 2022-23 schedule? I think that um, if you were ever built to get off to a quick start and and have very winnable games early and really get momentum going in September, there have been so many times where you come out of September and you're one and three and you're kind of lost. And I know that wasn't the case last year, but I think this schedule kind of is built that you could get off to a really quick start, which is always good. And then I think October becomes a real alluding to what Andrew says. I mean, when it's front loaded, all of a sudden you have to pay your taxes after that. And I think in October, you kind of get into a bit of a meat grinder and, and you've got tough game after tough game, whether it's home or away. And then I think, uh, Jason, we, um, you know, we, we have that typical end of the season bus ride over to Pittsburgh <laughs> and you always wonder what the mood is going to be going over. And more importantly, what's the mood going to be like on those buses when you're coming back after that? That's the way we finish been quite some stories on on those bus rides home at the end of a season coming back from Heinz Field. All right, let's get right down to it. Week one on the road. So the the last couple seasons, uh, you know, last year you opened on the road, you will open on the road again this year, uh, and you will take a visit to Charlotte, North Carolina, and you will take on the Carolina Panthers in week one. Jim, it's a very, very winnable football game. It really is, and uh, boy, what a game it would have been if on draft weekend the trade had been engineered and Baker Mayfield would have ended up with the Carolina Panthers, okay? And and you would have had a magnitude of, uh, of electricity going into that game because there would have been a lot. That would have been a big discussion game if the deal had been done. Um, it's a very winnable game. You're right. And my God, we are overdue to win an opening game of the season. I mean, um, you know, we still are in the planning of putting up a statue outside First Energy Stadium to Jeff Garcia because he's the only quarterback (laughs) that engineered a Browns win on opening day back in, I think, 2004 against Baltimore. And that's been it. So um, we have been 0-1 too many times, which I always think is a big hole, not an insurmountable hole, but a big hole to get out of when you lose that opening game. It really is. It's, It's a mental hole that you get in a bunker that you have to get out of very quickly. So this is on the table to, to really get into the win column. Gribs, it, it is tough because it feels like you're playing from behind when you're 0-1. You're right off the get-go. You're trying to get back to 500 and then eventually get over that 500 clip. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's something that we've just kind of looked to week two, and, and it's almost like this team has been incredible in week two to, to start the season. I don't have the unofficial stats with that, but I mean, it, it, it's just you've had to bounce back. It's almost like you get in a back against the wall situation in week two after you lose week one, because then all of a sudden you're like, can't be 0 2. You don't want to be 0 2 to, to start the season. So getting that, getting that out of the way early would, would be very good, especially when you, you, you want to build up that excitement. Obviously, a home opener is going to be exciting, anyways, but if you could come home with a win, then, then the, that'll be an electric environment to start the year. 
All right, Gribbs, I'll go to you then for game number two, week two of the season, the home opener. It will come against the New York football Jets. And uh, I know we've talked about it on Cleveland Browns Daily. And Jim, I know you were on Cleveland Browns Daily earlier in the week. This is a Jets team I think you'd rather face early yeah. than later in the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that it's a, they're going to get better as the season goes on. It's a, it's a young team, uh, and I think Zach Wilson has some potential, but I think he's going to take some time to, to work out the chemistry with Garrett Wilson, getting their running back involved, Brees Hall, the, the second-round pick. And defensively, they're going to have some good players, but they're still going to be rookies when, when you face them. So it, it's – as far as home opener ideal matchups, this was, uh, I think, going into the schedule, I think they, this was my top choice, uh, and the Browns get their get my top choice. I don't know about you guys, but I, I like this to to get the season in a good spot, but you got to take care of business. We, we took that home opener in 2019 for granted, and, and remember what happened then. So you got to, you got to, even if you win week one, you got to take care of business that week too. Jim, thoughts on the Jets for the home opener? Well, I think they're pretty excited there. Uh, in New York. And I think post-draft, they were very excited. I mean, they, they really, they had a lot of picks and they had a lot of early picks. And I think they feel like they took care of a lot of needs. I think right at the end of the year last year, I think Gribbs is right. I think at the end of the year last year, they feel that the light kind of went on for Zach Wilson. Uh, he had a couple of really good performances near the end of the season. He's gotten bigger physically this off season, which they're pretty happy about because he was a bit slight going into his rookie year last year, and he paid the price for that. Um, it will be interesting, the big adjustment, how much does a team take a jump in a coach's second year? Robert Sala had a tough opening year last year, as most do in New York with either the Jets or Giants. So, um, yeah, that would be – I think, the, you know, early in the season is probably the better time to get them, no doubt about it. But it, it's not a game I think you should walk into and just go, hey, listen, we can just roll the orange helmet out there and we're going to win that game. I would agree. All right. Here's two weeks down, and here's your first conference game in week three. And it's a big one with a short turnaround. Thursday night football, the first primetime game of the season, 8-15 on Amazon Prime this year. The Pittsburgh Steelers come to First Energy Stadium. First conference game, Jim, and it's a big one right off the get-go. A team that you lost to twice last year and really – if you want to get going this in the conference and in, in the division, this is one you got to get. Yeah. You know, I think if you go back to last year and, and you probably said to yourself, um, what is going to define us? It would be the games against Baltimore. I think going in, I think we thought we had a really good shot against the Steelers, especially after knocking them off at the end of the year with the year that the playoff season and they, they won the last game and then beat them in the, at Heinz field. So I think that we felt that we had turned the page and Oh, by the way, they were still there. And I think it was the defining moments of the Brown season last year because they lost that game at home and then lost at the end of the year when they were mathematically out of it, it will be fascinating to see what the Steelers are all about and specifically who's underneath center or who's in the shotgun at quarterback for them on that Thursday night game. I mean, is it going to be Mitchell Trubisky? And does he have anybody in his rearview mirror? Or does the kid Kenny Pickett, you know, really get a push during training camp? And do they feel that he's not only the future, but he might be the now? Why not go with him right now? So that's going to be really fascinating because there's a changing of the guard, obviously, in the biggest way, minus Ben Roethlisberger with him being retired. They've done a lot of work at wide receiver. Um, and, and that's going to be fascinating to watch. But that quarterback situation will be great, and it's always electric no matter when you play them. 
uh, here at First Energy Stadium. It'll- There's a couple a couple notes on this game. It's it's interesting. The Browns have not played a Thursday night on the road since 2016, which is just wild. I mean, that's that's the, a blessing from the NFL schedule makers. I mean, you don't want to travel for Thursday night. And the Browns are now six and zero in their last six Thursday night home games. So th- it's it's a it's a weird environment where the Browns have seemed to always thrive, and the NFL just keeps giving them home games on Thursday. Oh, and, and really, I mean, for Thursday night football, Week One will be on NBC, and that's the Rams opening the season in, in defense of their Super Bowl championship. Amazon Prime gets the Week Two matchups. And right off the bat in week three, they keep it going with a big one with Pittsburgh and Cleveland. So obviously the league sees a lot of value in in putting the Steelers and the Browns on in week number three. We go on to week four. Gribbs, I'll go to you on this one. Uh, A trip to Atlanta to uh, kick off the month of October. And it's a busy month of October. Uh, You've got five games here. And uh, it's a trip to Atlanta. Atlanta's got some weapons on offense. Mariota's their quarterback. But right now, the I, around the league, a lot of people would say one of the bottom five or six teams maybe in the league. Yeah, I think they're clearly looking at 2023 and beyond uh, in Atlanta, which makes that game very important, especially with the games you got after. I mean, the last thing you want to do is lose that game and then go into a stretch with the Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, and Bengals. I mean, that's 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 a – that's something you need to take care of business. And it's, it's, it's just interesting. The Browns get paired up with the NFC South this year. Cause it, you're just going through a series of teams that were competing against you for Deshaun Watson. So it, it's the teams that ultimately didn't get the quarterback and now are, are struggling for answers at that position. Coming up next, a sequel that no one has looked forward to as much. You got to go back to empire strikes back. This is part two of the schedule release conversation from the BPA. You'll get it coming up next right here. This special edition of Cleveland Browns daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. There's a lot of bad advice out there about gambling from secret methods to picking lottery numbers to betting big when you're on a roll. The miss can lose you money and get you in a lot of trouble. So before you wager, find out what's real and what isn't at KeepItFunOhio.com. And now here's part two of the schedule release conversation from the BPA right here on Cleveland Browns Daily. After Atlanta, the Browns come home for two games. And they're two huge games and two teams that – beat us last year and really you could say those two games probably are part of the reason why you got left out of the playoffs it it starts on October 9th which is funny because we played them a year ago on that I think it's I think we're off by a day in terms of when we played them uh we went to LA last year LA comes here on October 9th Jim and it is going to be a huge football game at First Energy Stadium Boy, it really is. Um, can you, if you go back, I mean, we had a 14-point lead in the third quarter in L.A., and not that I felt that ever that we had the game under control, but I didn't think that they had the ability to stop us. I mean, it was a real, you know, back-and-forth shootout game. And I would imagine the Chargers are glad that they're coming to Cleveland in October rather than December. Um, but it, it sets up as a you know, just a great game of two potent offenses that could go back and forth. The question will be, how are those defenses going to be? And of course, you know, by the, on that day in LA against the Chargers, the Bronx defense was not put together at that time. I mean, they were struggling with the new system. And you remember those just huge, you know, breaks in the defense that ended up as these long touchdown plays um, that was solved 
near the end of the year, and hopefully it's going to be that way and maybe even better this year. But what a great matchup to, uh, to see Justin Herbert and the uh, Chargers come in here because the ability to stop them, I think, will define if you're going to be able to win that game. And Gribbs, I mean, this, this is – you want to be a playoff team – you you got to beat teams like this. This is tiebreaker points here in that loaded AFC. Yeah, and it's it's at home. You want to take advantage of that. They're a team traveling across the country that, you know, that that that's that these are games you have to win. And I think that the Browns last year won every game that they had to win, but they didn't win any games they needed to win to advance get, getting past 500 last year. These are the, the these are those swing games that really ultimately determine the playoff game. This you know, is, if you remember, if you remember um, you win that game, you hang on in LA and you're four and one, I believe at that point in time, yep. and you're really rolling. But when you lose that game, a little bit of doubt comes in your head that you're able to hold on to those leads because it had happened in Kansas city in the opening game too. And then you come home and you really get waxed in the game against Arizona. And that was the first time that you were kind of keeping your finger close to that panic button. Yeah, it will be something that bears watching because the following week, it's a team that we have not had a lot of success against. The good news is it's here at First Energy Stadium, so hopefully the weather, weather is better because every time we go to Foxborough, the weather just seems to be garbage when we're there. Uh, the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick come to town on October the 16th. Now, just a reminder and a heads up for everybody, too, on this schedule, the first eight games – there's, a, there's two games that are in prime time, and we'll get to the second one coming up, but everything else is a 1 o'clock kick, and everything else the rest of the year is at 1 o'clock. There's a couple games still TBD in terms of days and times, and we'll get to those, but everything's at 1 o'clock here in 2022. Gribbs, the, the, the Patriots, uh, this is, a, this is a, a football team that overachieved last year. Can they keep it going is the bigger question. Yeah, I mean, it's it's they're a tough team to read because they really didn't do much this offseason. Uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of this the same team, and they and they tapered off as as last season went. They they they're the ultimate peak too soon team, and and unfortunately for the Browns, they definitely peaked when they played they played the Browns last year. So it was uh, that you, you wonder what the second year will be like for Mac Jones. It can go either way with some of these rookie quarterbacks after good years. So just a, a tough team to read, but one that, you know, is always going to be a, a not easy because it's, it's coached by Bill Belichick. They've got the culture there. I mean, it's just, it, it's just not a team that that's gotten a lot of buzz this off season, to be honest, after kind of a unusual off season for them last year, where they added all those free agents. You know, they've had a very weird off season, like Gribbs mentions their coaching staff situation has been very, very bizarre with some of the moves they've made. I mean, they've brought back uh, Joe judge They've brought back uh, Matt Patricia They've put that, th those guys in very, very different positions, you know, and that's been a, a high controversy back there in New England. They are so difficult to prepare for because you don't know what they're going to do. They can be completely different when they play you as to the way they played the game before you. You don't know if they're going to come out and they're just going to run the ball all afternoon long and be very effective at that, or if they're just going to come out and let Mac Jones throw it all afternoon long. They are so specific you know game plan specific that week to week i think that they're you know if you could say well that's their tendency you really don't know what their tendencies are because they can be so different week to week well and i think we've talked about it as kevin stefanski you know goes into his second meeting against bill belichick the one thing you can't be is intimidated against him you've right. got to stick to your guns and you've got to run your game plan and run it to a t no matter what 
because it's easy to try to figure out, try to worry about what he's doing. Got to just do your thing, and that they'll be in a position to win. All right, Browns then on the road in Baltimore on October 23rd. This is week number seven, a 1 o'clock game, the second conference game of the year. It's a big one as well. This is a Ravens team that is going to be, I, I would think, a lot healthier. Uh, the Lamar Jackson contract situation continues to just stick out there. You're not quite sure what's going to happen there and if it could unravel the things there, but they had a good draft. They had a good off season and they're a good football team. You know, it still, it feels like uh, they're still picking in that draft. I mean, it's, it feels as though they have, they still have 10 picks left in the seventh round and the fourth round. They had all of those picks. Uh, they had an amazing draft. There's no doubt about it. The first thing of course is um, you would have to think they're going to be healthy at running back. Uh, just on the, uh, hey, listen, they had the worst luck in the world last year. It's got to be better this year. Remember, they were wiped out on like one day or two days in training camp in the running department, uh, and that was a problem. They still, I think, fall in the same club with us, probably the Chargers, probably the Colts that say, I can't believe we didn't make the playoffs last year. Now, they have a little bit more of a crutch to lean on in the fact that they lost Lamar Jackson and they lost so many other people. Uh, we have different reasons like the other two teams, but they're still loaded. It is still one of the toughest places to go in and win when you're the visiting team. It really is. It is. It has a college atmosphere uh, as far as crowd noise uh, before, during, and after the game. It's an amazing place to play. You really have to play Nice and tight and neat going in there if you're going to win. Gribbs, uh, obviously the Ravens on October 23rd. The following week, the final week before the bye. Bye week comes at the perfect time, right in the middle of the season. But before the bye week, a Monday night game on Halloween. If you thought last year Halloween against Pittsburgh was crazy, <laughs> wait till you play Monday night football against the Cincinnati Bengals at 815 at home at First Energy Stadium on Halloween. Gribbs, it's going to be an electric night at First Energy. Yeah, this has got to be one of the more juiced-up Bengals-Browns matchups we've seen in a while. I, I think that you're getting them early enough in the season where they're still going to be the defending AFC champions, even if they don't get off to the same kind of start they did last year. And I, I I think Monday night at First Energy Stadium is a unique atmosphere. We don't we haven't gotten it too much. The Browns have seemed to get go on the road a bunch for Monday night lately, so – Good to get him back at home, and, and the Halloween just kind of adds a, a different element to it. Obviously, Halloween weekend's always big in the NFL, but the fact that it's Halloween night, I, I think that'll bring the best out of the Muni lot, bring the best out of the dog pound that night. A big game, Jim, but this is a Bengals team that the Browns have been able to beat over the last couple of years. Yeah, I don't know if we can truly say we have Joe Burrow's number. Nah, uh, I don't know if anybody has Joe Burrow's number, <laughs> but uh, he hasn't beaten us. Uh, although he's played very well in most of those games. Um, they did a great job against him down in Cincinnati last year, and Denzel Ward turned the game around very early in the game with that 99-yard pick. Um, they did not protect him well um, all year long, but specifically against us, and even going back to his rookie year. I mean, he took poundings in those games. They have, you know, it looks like on paper, and I think we'll see it on the field. They've kind of rectified that. They really went out, spent money to you know fortify that offensive line uh but boy that that's got a that game's got a lot to it it really does if both teams are what we think they're going to be and especially at that time of the year when you start to think about making a turn 
You know, it's right around the beginning of November when you really have to start to click in and make a playoff run. That game has got a lot to it. And the fact that it's at home, boy, that's going to be a special, special night there. We've hit the bye week, week number nine, right in the middle of the season. That leaves you with nine games left. Six of them, as Gribbs mentioned earlier, looking at this schedule, six on the road. And we kick things off with four of five on the road right after the bye week. Gribbs, I'll start with you. It's a trip to Miami after the bye week. And November 13th, it's an interesting football team. It's a team that's improved. Not sure they're improved at the quarterback position. We're going to find out on November 13th. Yeah, I think we'll have a pretty good sense of where the Dolphins are at at that point. Uh, it's it's You like getting them a little later in the year. I remember we went there pretty early in the year, and it's a pretty miserable place to be in September. I mean, it's hot. Uh, if you're not used to that, it, it can be tough on your team. Uh, so I think that at least getting in, no, in November, it'll be a nice treat before Thanksgiving. Uh, but it's, it's, it's again, it's the beginning of an important stretch. You'll be rested. No excuses in that regard, but it's four road games in five weeks. You, you got to start it off on the right foot. And Miami is one of those teams that, could be really good this year, or they could be kind of just stuck in the mud with with kind of a make or break year for two of them. After Miami, it's a trip to Buffalo and a trip uh, to take on Bills Mafia. November 20th, one o'clock in Buffalo. Uh, Jim, again, it's another it's another big game against a team that a lot of people think uh, is one of the top three teams in the NFL after the offseason they've had. Oh, I think so. Um, and a lot of pressure on them coming into this season, no doubt about it, because they have been close uh, to, to getting to where they ultimately want to get to. Um, and I think that they're, you know, they don't want to be termed as one of these teams that just could never get over the hurdle. So, um, and they are right at the, they're right at that hurdle. You know, this falls into, this is interesting. This kind of has a look of the possibility of being a flex game. That, that this game, if it really lives up to both teams being, again, like I said about the Cincinnati game, both teams being what you think they're going to be. And if it, you know, at that time of the year, you have a pretty good, a pretty good knowledge of where they're going and could they be playoff teams, that you would take a look at that game and say, man, that's, 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 got, that's got a lot to it. Maybe, you know, maybe this, the stars align and NBC would say, hey, we want that game on Sunday night. But I think it's that good of a game, at least on paper. Uh, Josh Allen is magnificent. We caught him very, very early. Uh, and even though the Browns ended up beating them with a miraculous come from behind victory that day, and then a missed field goal at the end of the game, Josh Allen was tremendous that day and he's only gotten better and better. So, um, it's, uh, now we're really heading into the teeth of all these great quarterbacks, both young and old. Which takes us on to November 27th, Thanksgiving weekend. We're home. We're not on the road. It'll be an action packed weekend. You've got the World Cup, uh, I, I believe, on Friday, Ohio State, Michigan on Saturday. And then Tampa Tom comes into town on Sunday. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, come to First Energy. Basically, the only home game for the Browns in November uh, on November 27th, Gribbs. And this will be a big one. This will be a hot ticket at First Energy Stadium. Yeah, how about that? Between the 31st of October and December 17th, you will have played two games at home. So it's, it's, it, it'll get a little lonely uh, by the lake there, but it's better than kind of the trifecta of games we've had in a row at that time of year where the weather's awful to begin with. But I, I think to me, the, the thing that stood out to me most with this game is this is what happens when you don't make the playoffs. This is a one o'clock game. I mean, I, I think last year this game was on the schedule. This would be at worst a four o'clock and, and yeah. if not a prime time kind of game. I mean, but 
this shows that the NFL makes you earn it. Uh, so if the Browns get back in the playoffs, then these kind of games will be put at night. But you know, I personally don't mind it. I like being off the radar a little bit and, and knocking off a, a lot of one o'clock games on the schedule. Here. You know, and that goes back, Jim, you know, to what you were talking about in terms of Sunday night football, not Sunday. The NFL can start flexing as early as week five yeah. this year. So right. that is something that bears watching, especially with this Browns football team. But yeah, let me just uh, throw this line out to you. I, I kind of wish that Tom would be in the broadcast booth for Fox that day <laughs> <laughs> rather than on the field. Um, he's always good for the gate, too. If you remember the last time he came into Cleveland, um, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right on this. The last time he came into Cleveland, of course, he was the Patriots quarterback and he was coming off suspension. Yep. Um, and if you can remember, I will never forget the scene when he came running out of the tunnel for his pregame warm-up and the place, it was like we were in Foxborough. I mean, there were more Boston accents in there on that afternoon than there were, you know, Browns fans that day. So, I mean, it was amazing the pull that he had at that time. And of course, he played up to that. He had an amazing day that day. Now he comes in with the new team. To me, it's still a bit rattling to see him in a different uniform, even though, I mean, he's been in it now for a couple of years and been to the highest point of winning a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. But boy, again, another great game because, you know, in the past, you'd look at the Buccaneers and go, Oh, it's the Buccaneers. But I mean, this is, this is different now. Yeah. That, those are three very tough games in the month of November at Miami at Buffalo home to Tampa. Coming up next to the special edition of Cleveland Browns daily, the conclusion of the schedule release conversation from the BPA. You're listening to a special edition of Cleveland Browns daily right here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back into this special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. And now the conclusion of the BPA's conversation with the great Jim Donovan. Here's our 2022 schedule in completion. On to December we go. Gribs, December 4th, a trip to Houston. Uh, could be a homecoming game for our, for our quarterback. There could be a lot of storylines uh, going into this one uh, on December 4th in Houston at 1 o'clock. Uh, this is a place that again, we have not had a lot of success winning in <laughs> over the last couple of years. I think that honestly, and that's, that's my big storyline is like, cause I think you're underselling it. I mean, it's, it's been a place where in the last few meetings, the Browns haven't showed up. I mean, it's, it's just been a, a tough trip. Even when the team, even when the team was cooking in 2018, they took us, they had a speed bump in, in Houston that, in that year. I mean, it's, it's, it's just been a weird environment for the Browns, but uh, the the guy that caused the most problems is now on your team. So I think that's the that's the that's the the positive thing about that. But a game uh, for in this stretch, you got to win. I mean, the Texans are going to be improved, but you you got to you got to win this one. I mean, it's it's with that stretch on the schedule. Jim, um, it was when we went in there uh, to play them. Um, it was just so exasperated trying to defend him, Deshaun Watson because you just had no answer for him. Uh, and it was no slam on any, on the defense or anything. I mean, not many people had an answer for him. But, I mean, you played him to pass, and he would run and kill you. You played him to run, and he would sit in that pocket or roll out and, and just take you apart, you know, with his accuracy and his great arm. Um, there was just no answer to it. I mean, he was he just had you just baffled the way he played. So, yeah, he was the reason. I will point out this, gentlemen. 
In the days of Terry Rubisky as the interim head coach of the Cleveland Browns, he recorded his one and only career victory as a head coach uh, with the Browns on a final Sunday where Kelly Holcomb did him, a, did him a favor and came off the injured list with bad knees and went out and got him a win. I remember Terry Rubisky walking off the field in Houston with that win, with that game ball tucked under his arm. He applied to become the regular head coach of the Browns, and they said, hold on to that game ball. That's your parting gift. <laughs> the Browns then... Uh, after Houston, it's back-to-back -back road games. This is the second road game of the two, and it's a trip back down to Cincinnati uh, and Paul Brown Stadium on December 11th. Again, this is a 1 o'clock game, but I feel like once you get into December here, uh, any of these games are subject to maybe move around a little bit. So Cincinnati on December 11th at 1 o'clock, and then we get to week 15, could be December 17th, could be December 18th. We're up again for that fabulous NFL Network uh, triple header uh, on Saturday against the Baltimore Ravens at First Energy Stadium. So something to watch there, time to be determined, day to be determined. But uh, again, this whole gauntlet after the bye week at Miami, at Buffalo, home for Tampa, at Houston, at Cincinnati, Baltimore. A pretty daunting schedule, Jim, here uh, coming out of the bye week. Yeah, it really is. There's no doubt about it. Um, and that Ravens game, um, th those games are just so important um, in the inside that division because you really, I mean, that's the goal. I, you know, and I, I think the Browns are there and I think everybody is there in the division because that's the path you want. You don't want to be pulling around. This is the time of the year um, when you're at this point where all of a sudden every Sunday you're watching all of those national telecasts, those pregame shows, and you don't want to be in that column that says in the hunt, you know, which means you need you to be on the left to, side, out the right side. You need 10 things to happen to try and get into the playoffs. You want to be in that column that says currently holding on to a division spot as the division leader. And that's where you want to be at that point in time. And these games will decide that. I mean, you know, you want to build the foundation early. And we touched upon it when we started our discussion about you can really, with this schedule, get off to a good run in September, but you have to pay your taxes by this time, and you want to be making that run at this time of the year because the schedule dictates. These are the games that will decide who's going to win the division, who might be a wild-card team, who's not invited to the playoffs. We move on. We have three games left to go in our schedule. Uh, we don't play on Christmas Day, but we do play on Christmas Eve, and it'll be a 1 o'clock game on Christmas Eve. It will be home. It will be against Chris Olave and the New Orleans Saints, and it will be the final home game of the season. Knock on wood, it'll be just the final home game of the regular season, and we'll be playing some playoff football at First Energy in January. But for now, that's the final home game, uh, and it's before January 1, Gribs. I love getting NFC South teams at home late in the season, though. I, I think that that's always a, a decent thing. I mean, I, know, I don't even know if the stats back this up anymore, but the Saints – notoriously tougher at home than, than on the road. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is a big one and uh, hopefully, hopefully it can be as magical as the last time the Browns played at home on Christmas Eve. That's I'll just leave it at that with the, the Jamie meter magic on 2016. Uh, just want to recreate that, that kind of feeling uh, at the stadium. Maybe can you, can you clinch a playoff berth that early uh, in, in the schedule? That would be, that would make it a magical Christmas Eve. Yeah, Gosh, Jamie Meter, what a great moment that was. Huh? <laughs> I'd like a little less drama. If we could have a little comfortable lead and just kind of 
just coast into Christmas. That would be fantastic. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing too is um, the Saints are one of these teams that, I mean, a dramatic change. No Sean Payton. You know, they bring Jameis Winston back. Um, you know, the whole situation with the Saints, that's a, that's a dramatic change over where they have been uh, in their heyday now, coming, you know, winning a Super Bowl with that group, and with Drew Brees too. Um, it will be fascinating to see where they are at that point. But Gribbs is right. You get them on the road late in the year, they're a much different team. You get them outdoors, they're a much different team. Now you put them in cold weather, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's going to be a bit brisk down there on that on that particular day. <laughs> Festive, I'm but hoping. I think brisk. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping. Let's let's hope for that. We move on to week 17, and we ring in the new year, literally, on New Year's Day, uh, 2023, a trip to Washington, Jim. And uh, the Washington Commanders, with a lot more news, probably off the field than on it so far this offseason, but a good defense, and they're well coached. It'll be interesting to see, and Carson Wentz now at quarterback for them. Yeah, you wonder, will he still be a quarterback at that point in time? <laughs> Usually at this time of the year, uh, certainly last year, I mean, he kind of had petered out at this time. Um, and the worst radio booth in the NFL, uh, is it not? <laughs> is it not the worst radio booth in the NFL? You are correct. Unbelievably uh, bad. Um, anyway, uh, I don't, you know, you know, I just don't know. I, yeah, it's, uh, you don't know what they're, you are right though. Uh, a tremendous defense, great pass rush, uh, just really an exciting defense. I don't know what they have on the other side of the ball. I mean, and, and you, I don't know how what's going on off the field might infect what goes on on the field with that organization. They have been through a lot. Yeah, no question about it. And then week 18, you're at Pittsburgh, you're at Heinz Field. It'll either be January 7th or it'll be January 8th. Time to be determined to close things out. And uh, let's hope that we can send them all home after Renegade plays and make it a negative impact. But it will be – you can only hope that it is a very meaningful game or it's a, hey, we're already in the playoffs, we can rest a few guys. Yeah. Hey, Gribbs, um, we have to prove that we can beat them in Heinz Field with people in Heinz Field. We have taken baby steps. I mean, we have uh, kind of gotten competitive with them in Heinz Field. Then we won the playoff game. But remember, it was Gribbs and 50 other people in yes. Heinz Field that night when we won the playoff game. But when we actually put those towels in the hands of Steeler fans and fill that place and take away the drama, the movie drama of Big Ben's last game, that will be out of the picture because we've lived through that. We have to prove we can beat them with people in the stands. Yeah. That's the next step. Truly one of the strangest atmospheres <laughs> I've, I've been a part of because that was the only road game I went to in 2020. And that was a truly empty stadium. Like the, uh, the Browns had 12,000 at each of their games. That yeah. was empty. I mean, that, that was emptier than like a, a practice, a training camp. I mean, and, and I was right next to the Steelers radio booth the entire time, felt the emotion they were feeling. And I would say, I've told people about this. I, I I wonder what that place would have been like with the Steelers mounting that comeback that they did in that game and, right. and how much that could have affected things because it seemed like we were all, even with a 28-point lead, it, it felt a little nervous uh, in the second half when when the Steelers just kept marching down the field. But And the Browns put it away, and it was it was it's just a, an incredibly magic magical and incredibly weird kind of playoff picture. 18 games, 14 of them at 1 o'clock. Two primetime games, but both primetime games are at home. One in September against the Steelers on Thursday night. One in October against the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday night. 
Two games, TBD. We'll see how it all shakes out. And there you have it, my friend. When we come back to work uh, on Tuesday, we will be getting week two of the OTAs, uh, and we will be all building toward that mandatory minicamp, which comes up the middle of June. So going to be some fun content here over the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. As we really start to ramp this thing up, as you mentioned, getting ready for the mandatory minicamp, I hope that everybody has a very safe and healthy and happy holiday weekend. I hope that I'm able to come back here on Tuesday and tell you that I, along with my good friend, Mr. Bowens and Danny and Corral, are the two-time, two-time, back-to-back, first-ever Brylo champions. That's, that's taking place Sunday. So Can you get tickets a lot for that? At stake. They should be selling them, honestly, with the drama that yeah. we produced last time. You can't even script that. Most for- of the things that you do when I'm not with you, I put on the DVR. So I'm just going to hope that I can DVR this. I think we should send a, a like photo. Brexville yeah, community we somebody TV on or something. Yeah. Can they hook us up at Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow? Hollow? Yeah, come on. The word's out now. Like, there could be galleries. There could be a gallery. I'd love to see it. be amazing. Supposedly. What would you do if there's like 150 people there? <laughs> Hit another walk-off eagle and say, you're welcome. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> How do you think it's going <laughs> to go? What do you mean? That's exactly what I'm going to do. Ho- <laughs> apparently, we might have team shirts, which I'm I'm excited about. Do you have a say in the design of those? I did. You would, I just don't know black, if it would actually come to fruition. Would be your color of choice. You're of the course, man in black. But I can't I can't give away what the logo would be. All right. Very good. Folks, have a great holiday weekend. Yes. Uh, we are off Monday. Enjoy your Memorial Day. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday. It'll be week two of OTAs. You have that to look forward to, which is nice. You have the le- next level to look forward to, which is nice. It's coming up next right here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850. WKNR.